Munich, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Another busy sporting weekend, Jono, and we'll start it with football. And the World Cup European qualifiers uh, was drawn, so to be played in March next year. And in massive news, either both either Italy or Portugal will miss out on the World Cup in Qatar as they were drawn to face each other. They both get through their semi-final playoff against North Macedonia and Turkey, respectively. So uh, some massive news, Jono, out of the uh, draws uh, for the World Cup qualifiers next year in Europe. Yeah, this is this is huge in that sense of, you know, one of them is going to be missing out. I mean, you have either the current European champion or the former European champion as well. You have what could be Ronaldo's last World Cup, where you definitely think. Um, but again, someone with his physique, you never know. And then you have an Italian team that's been on top of the world, and now they just show that, you know what, you gotta you got to make sure you get those easy results as well. So it's going to be a tough test. I mean, even the first game even through for the semifinals is going to be hard for them. Um, and then if they meet in the finals, that's definitely going to be an interesting and intriguing match because either of those teams, um, you know, you wouldn't want to see either of them sitting out, but uh, something to definitely keep an eye on. If both of them do get through to the final, the final will be played in Portugal as well. So that's uh, um, yeah. also should be taken into account. Another big draw will be uh, Wales could possibly take on Scotland um, in also in another final um, as they were drawn in the same group as well if they both get through their semi-finals. So some big uh, European qualifiers to come up next year. Uh, it was week 13 of the English Premier League and it was headlined by the Chelsea and Manchester United clash at Stamford Bridge. Um, as always, we'll go into a little bit more detail later on in the pod. Uh, Italian Serie A and Atalanta continued Juventus' struggles, defeating them 1-0. Uh, Inter Milan defeated Vincenze 2-0. Sassuolo defeated AC Milan 3-1, so AC Milan's second loss on the trot. Roma defeated Torino 1-0, while Napoli routed Lazio 4-0 to go clear at the top in Italy. Spanish La Liga and Barcelona defeated Villarreal 3-1 to give Xavi his second win on the trot in La Liga. Uh, Espanyol defeated Real Sociedad 1-0. Atletico Madrid routed Cadiz 4-1, while Real Madrid had an impressive win over Sevilla 2-1 to stay top. In the German Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund bounced back from their Champions League disappointment last week to, to defeat Wolfsburg 3-1. Bayern Munich stayed top with a 1-0 win over Armenia Bellefeld, but not, is, not all is well at Bayern. Uh, we'll go into again in a little bit more detail later on. Bochum defeated Freiburg 2-1, while Bayer Leverkusen defeated RB Leipzig 3-1. It was also the Copa Libertadores final in South America, uh, played between Brazilian rivals Flamengo and Palmeiras. Palmeiras came out on top, claiming their third Libertadores title and defending their 2020 title win after a 2-1 extra-time win. The winning goal was scored by Deverson after an unfortunate slip by Manchester United loanee Andreas Pereira. So uh, a big win for Balmeris. Uh, in the Scottish Premiership, Hearts defeated St Mirren 2-0. Rangers defeated Livingston 3-1 to stay top, while Celtic defeated Aberdeen 2-1. Major League Soccer, and it was the conference semi-finals. Portland defeated Colorado 1-0. Real Salt Lake upset Sporting KC 2-1, while Philadelphia and Nashville drew 1-1. Philadelphia won 2-0 on penalties. A-League, and it was the second round here in Australia. Western United defeated Perth Glory 1-0. Wellington Phoenix defeated Central Coast 2-1. Adelaide United and Melbourne City played out an entertaining 2-2 draw. MacArthur FC down Sydney FC 1-0. Melbourne Victory started their, uh, continued their impressive start to the year with a 3-0 win over Brisbane Raw, while Western Sydney Wanderers and Newcastle also played out an entertaining 2-2 draw. 
at Bankwest. So Melbourne Victory State top, followed by Melbourne City. Uh, it was women's internationals uh, here in Australia. USA defeated Australia 3 0 um, in front of a record crowd of 36,109 at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney. So great to see uh, support for the Matildas. The USA just proving a little bit too good and clinical uh, in front of goal, but plenty of good youngsters uh, making their debuts for Australia as well. Game two will be played in Newcastle uh, on Tuesday night, Australian time. Cricket news and Pat Cummings was announced as Australia's newest test captain with Tim Payne taking a leave of absence from all forms of cricket for the foreseeable future. So he will be out um, of test match number one against England, which starts December 8. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Pat Cummings goes. But uh, huge expectations on him, Jono, and he's, I know he's a well-respected uh, member of the Australian cricket team. Yeah, and especially if you look at, well... What um, the Australian cricket captains have done in the past, um, both positive and negative from both on and off the field, um, just kind of carries that burden as well to now kind of dig them out of another off the field um, hurdle as well. But um, yeah, a lot of responsibility there, but uh, best of luck as well to him. Uh, it was Women's Big Bash uh, final over the weekend, and the Perth Scorchers won their first ever WBBL title after a 12-run win over the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, Perth batted first and made 5 for 146 with Sophie Devine top-scoring for the Scorchers with 35, while Marazine Cap hit an unbeaten 31. In reply, Adelaide could only muster 6 for 134 with Tahelia McGrath hitting 36, while Tanil Peschel took 2 for 23 to help Perth hold on for their maiden WBBL title. The game was also played in front of a record standalone crowd for a WBBL game at Perth's Optus Stadium with 15,511 in attendance. Hum- Humpreet Kua from the Melbourne Renegades was named Player of the Tournament, while Marazine Cap was named Player of the Match. And a little bit of Test Match cricket news, and it was India are playing New Zealand. Uh, we're into day five. Currently at the moment, New Zealand require 284 to win. They are currently two for ninety on day five in Kampur. We will that result will come through by the time this pod has aired. But at this stage, New Zealand need two hundred eighty four to win on day five against in their first Test match against India. Tennis and the Davis Cup began in Italy, mm. so uh, a new format now. It's almost starting with a group stage kicking off the tournament. It's almost like a World Cup yep. um, style tournament. Unfortunately, Australia have been knocked out while Great Britain, Croatia, Germany, Italy, Sweden, and Kazakhstan all book their spots in the next round. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that Davis Cup, that new format, takes off and if people um, are engaged with it as they usually are with that format. Our boxing, and some massive news for Australian boxing fans, George Cambosis, the newest, has become Australia's latest boxing world champion after shocking Tifamo Lopez after a split decision win to claim the WBA, IBF, and WBO world titles. A massive upset, John, in New York at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you want to see as well. When you get tickets to those kind of boxing matches, you want to see some action, and that's exactly what you saw. So congratulations, um, and hopefully we can continue this kind of role with boxing. I think it's kind of making its way back to the top, and it's had a bit of drop-off in terms of spectatorship. I think it's slowly making its way back to the top in, in the eyes of viewership and everything. So and this is what you need to kind of get it, keep keep that ball rolling as well. So great to see it. Hopefully it brings a fight to Australia in the very mm. near future. It'll be great for Australian boxing fans. NFL, John, it was week 12 headlined by the Packers and Rams, while the Patriots and Titans also clashed in a crucial meeting. Yeah, again, another big week. I guess this is one of the biggest weeks for the NFL as well, being on Thanksgiving 
um, week. A lot of games get played on Thanksgiving. Kind of starting off as well, Cowboys do have a long history of playing on Thanksgiving, and unfortunately, um, their Thanksgiving day was spoiled by the Raiders, 36-33 to in overtime. Um, so great win by the Raiders. Again, the Cowboys are starting to struggle a little bit. Um, we know that they've had some injury concerns and everything, so we'll, we'll hope to see if they can kind of bounce back because they were looking great at the start of the year. On another note, um, Cam Newton did return to the starting lineup, but unfortunately not so good for him. They ended up losing thir- the the uh, Panthers ended up losing 33-10 to the Dolphins, but Cam, Cam Newton did actually get benched because he went 5-for-21 completion, only 92 yards with two interceptions. So he had some very good luck in those first kind of uh, outings, but it seems like everything was grounding down for him. And then lastly, as you said, yes, there's some big wins by the by the Packers. And then also most notably, but I think by the Patriots. we got to keep talking about this team because what they were doing is incredible. They have now outscored their opponents by 148 points in their little six-game run that they've had. And again, they're just showing that they are definitely a playoff team. And I really hope that they can potentially make a deep playoff run because this is one team that nobody prior to the season kicking off saw them doing this. And it's great to see those teams kind of rise up from the bottom. And again, they had such a... early season struggle as well so it's good to see them kind of hitting their stride and i'd love to see them in the playoffs and also make a long playoff run as well could you say making a date run jonah another potential super bowl appearance i mean if they if they keep this up i mean outscoring their opponents the way that they are i mean the sky's the limit for them um they definitely have some roadblocks along the way but i'd love to see them make a little bit of noise in the playoff one to two upsets something like that would be great to see at the at, at the minimum um, NBA also continued over the weekend, headlined by the Phoenix Suns versus Brooklyn Nets game. Also another headline to come out of the game where there was a record crowd at the Barclays Center uh, for the Nets. Um, and Phoenix proved a little bit too strong, Jono. Yeah, I mean, i got to say, hats off to the Phoenix Suns. They're on a great little win streak right now. Um, you know, both for the Nets and the Suns, they will have a big test coming up on Wednesday as well where the, the Nets it kicks off with them playing against the Knicks in the Battle of New York. And then the Phoenix Suns as well are really going to get tested. They already have been tested now by Brooklyn. Um, they'll get a real, real test now as well against Golden State, Red Hot Golden State as well with the battle of the two top teams in the NBA. Um, and then as well this week kind of saw again Lakers struggle. Um, I think that it's just showing that, you know, LeBron is just, chucking up too many too many long threes too many jump shots when he should just be driving to the basket someone in his physique should just put his head down and drive um russell westbrook just seems to be chasing individual stats um too much too much of that we understand that he's incredible athlete and can get a triple double at any time but he just needs to be more of a team player and then anthony davis for the lakers as well i think is just too weak at times in the paint he needs to just be strong he's the biggest guy out there so he really needs to hold his own um, and then in some unfortunate news as well, this week saw an injury of Ja Morant, who's been just lighting up the NBA right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's such a great young talent. Um, so he has a left knee sprain. Hopefully he gets back soon because he definitely is not just a, an all-star this year, or he definitely should be an all-star this year, but he's definitely a future star of the NBA. So hopefully it's nothing major and he gets back as soon as possible because we love to see his his dunks, his shooting, his, his late-game antics, everything that he kind of brings. So hopefully he gets back to um, to being healthy very soon. Yeah, wish him all the best. Well, as we mentioned a bit earlier, Jono, it was week 13 of the Premier League. Uh, what were your key takeaways from this weekend's action? Yeah, so as you said, it was, it was definitely headlined by that Manchester United game. Um, my key takeaways are actually just key players that align with the biggest takeaways for this week. So first off, starting with, for me... 
Um, I know he stuffed up a last chance for Chelsea there at the end, but really the importance of Rudiger for Chelsea, more not necessarily his defending ability, but more of him going forward. Um, I think he just throw uh, he just shows every single game that he is an attacking threat. And what it does is it, it showed in this United game was it draws a player out from the United defense or midfield to, to make sure that they mark him and make sure, in particularly around the outside of the box, he has a pretty good shot on him. As you saw, he hit the crossbar as well in that United game. He's not, he's not scared to take his opportunities as well. He pushes forward. So what it does is it just draws someone out from the defense and it just creates more opportunities for those attacking Chelsea players to get in. So I think he's actually very important to their attack. Um, and yeah, he you know he misses his chance there at the end. But again, he is a center back. He's not a clinical finner necessarily, but he just creates those extra opportunities for the players without them even knowing, just by his positioning as well, by moving that far up the field. So I think he's been really important for Chelsea, and it just showed a bit this week. Um, as well, it's kind of a sneaky mention here. Is it's Jamie Vardy? Um, you know, he sneakily has now gotten nine goals in the Premier League so far, so second behind Mo Salah. Again, I think Leicester has been struggling so much this season, and, and I definitely tip them as a top four shoe-in, um, but they've definitely struggled. But it just shows that I think he is definitely the best out-and-out striker in the Premier League right now just by his goal-scoring ability. Um, take away everything else, just his pure ability to score goals um, game in and game out. He had a little bit of a struggle there, but again, he just proves that age, just like Ronaldo, is not necessarily a number, uh, a factor, and he just continues um, so it's great to see him get back on the score sheet, and I'd love to see him contest uh, Mo Salah, Salah as well for, for Golden Boot for the Premier League too. Well, even more amazing considering uh, the weather oh. in England over the weekend. If you haven't seen the pictures, the snow at the Leicester game, yeah, the Manchester yeah. City game, the Burnley-Tottenham game uh, was called off because of how heavy yeah, the snow was. Crazy. So, um, even more remarkable to be, uh, to be still impressive in those conditions. Definitely, definitely. And then lastly, I think that Arsenal just need to essentially cut its ties with Aubameyang. I think that, you know what, every now and then he taps in some goals, but right now you have somebody who people still know the name, but he has not produced. The last year, he has not really produced to what he should be, the, the type of wages that he's on as well, uh, missing chances left, right, and center. You know, he's realistically coming from Dortmund. He was, he was to be feared um, for his ability, but he has not done that for Arsenal, and I think they should try and get what they can for him because soon, if this continues, he's going to go out of favor in, in everybody's eyes, whether it's a big cash offer somewhere, whatever it is, try and cash out on him. Because for me, he's just he's, he's a bit of dead weight there for Arsenal at times. Not all the time, but in, in the most sense, um, he seems to be dead weight for Arsenal. So I would say that they need to offload a bombing as soon as possible. Biggest issue with that is uh, obviously that new contract that he signed. Exactly. He's yep. on massive wages. That's, so that's I don't think problem. any club's going to be coming in for him to pay those wages and what sort of transfer fee yeah, he would have demand. So Arsenal got themselves in a little bit of a pickle uh, with a bummer young there. For me, John, I'll start with the big clash of Manchester United versus Chelsea. Um, and I guess on the surface, it's the better result for Manchester United. They didn't lose and they didn't uh, concede too many goals. So obviously, got out of Stamford Bridge with a 1 1 draw. Um, you could see from the lineup they were going to be defensive, just try and be nice and tight, limit Chelsea's chances. Um, the big news, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo starting on the bench. If you haven't seen the Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher little row uh, on Sky Sports, give it a look on YouTube um, in terms of that decision by Michael Carrick. But uh, I guess the positives for United is they got a point away at the team that is leading the Premier League at the moment. They looked a little bit better defensively, a little bit more compact. Um and obviously that massive mistake by Jorginho when oh. uh, it was cleared. 
and he tried to take it down from the sky and miscontrolled it. And Jaden Sancho, to be fair, took it really well. Yeah, a little, yeah. little dummy and, and put it past Mendy. Uh, but a few probably little bit concerns for Chelsea. They dominated this game. 24 shots they had. They had about 16 corners to one. Um, and they could only score from the penalty spot. Again, Timo Werner. Uh, not looking convincing up front. Obviously, Lukaku coming on late, so he's he's working his way back from injury. Um, but a few little concerns there uh, for Tuchel and Chelsea because they'll see that as two points drop considering what you've seen Liverpool and Manchester City do to this Manchester United team. The other thing to come out of it is obviously Ralph Ranić, who is uh, looking like the interim manager to come in for Manchester United. Uh, if he saw that game, he obviously knows he's got a lot of work to do with the squad. There is talent there. Uh, but there's still a lot of work to do if Manchester United are going to push into the top four this year and push deep into the Champions League um, as well as the FA Cup competitions. Uh, for me, Eddie Howe taking his mm. first, <clears throat> or in the dugout for the first time for Newcastle against Arsenal. Yep. Unfortunately, Newcastle lose again, and I think the job that is there for Eddie Howe is massive. They have got a massive midweek game coming up against Norwich. It's a must win. Oh, Newcastle 100%. have to win that one. Um, it's a six-pointer. Um, and anyhow, we'll know the importance. They actually weren't too bad for 45 minutes against Arsenal. They, they held a decent shape, but uh, in the second half, Arsenal's quality showed. So uh, I think massive work for Eddie Howe um, to try and get that Newcastle team out of the relegation zone. Um, and also, it was the Rainbow Laces campaign uh, weekend, so in support of the LGBT plus uh, community. Um, so obviously, you saw all the captains with the coloured armbands and obviously coloured laces. So I think a really good initiative uh, by the Premier League, um, and obviously supporting um, the LGBT plus community, I think is a really integral part, and in obviously um, making everyone feel accepted in the in the game of football. So um, really good to see everyone getting yeah. around that, um, and good to see the rainbow uh, colours out and about uh, in the Premier League over the weekend. Jono, another big football story, and I guess general sports story to come out over the weekend, uh, happened in Bayern Munich. So... If you haven't seen the pictures um, or the video, uh, a growing rift has uh, continued to grow between Bayern Munich's fans. Um, so obviously over in Germany, the 51-49 rule where, where fans do have a say in the club and a real ownership. Um, over the boss's relationship, I guess Bayern Munich's hierarchy, uh, between the club and it links with Qatar. So in the recent annual general meeting, uh, it actually descended into a confrontational atmosphere yeah. um, after the rejection of a motion from Bayern member and lawyer Michael Ott to discuss endings Bayern's partnership with the Qatar Airways. Uh, Honorary President Ulai Hunas, who played for the club in the 1970s, said it was the worst event he'd ever experienced at FC Bayern, uh, while club president Herbert Heiner uh, claimed the club would not cut its ties with Qatar despite Qatar's terrible human rights record, which obviously has been brought to the fore, especially with the World Cup being played there next year, uh, with Bayern's €20 million Euro a year deal with Qatar Airways set to expire in 2023. Jono, it's brought ahead uh, again uh, clubs' relationship and sporting organisations' relationships with groups that have at best um, these, I guess, dodgy and, and sort of um, inhumane human rights records. Uh, what did you make of the fans protesting and obviously wanting to cut, uh, in this sense, Bayern Munich's uh, relationship with Qatar? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that it's, it's great to see that fans are really wanting to speak up um, and they take pride in these clubs. I mean, it's, it's more than just a footballing club. It's a way of life. Um, in particular, you know, over there in Europe, this is this is passed down from generation to generation the support for these clubs and they want to make sure it's a full representation of 
you know, themselves. It's, it's a representation of, of what you should represent. Um, so I think it's great to see that these fans, you know, really starting to speak up and voice their opinions. In particular, you know, when you do have some sort of stake in the club as well, you have a right to your to your opinion too, and a right to be to take part in these decisions. Um, but this is definitely something that needs to be looked at on a constant basis. It's it's not something that should just be passed over lightly. Uh, we need to make these decisions carefully and really take a look at everything and. You know, it goes for any business. You really have to look at who you are doing business with. It's not just about chasing the money, and that's what this just shows. And it shows that these fans are saying it's it's more than just the money. We need to we need to really think about what is the repercussions for this. You know, so um, I think it's great to see that the fans are really stepping up and really trying to voice their opinion. Yeah, it was it was crazy to see to see the scenes, the videos coming out of there. It it was absolutely yeah, give crazy. it a look on YouTube yeah. if you haven't seen it yet. It was they, definitely passionate. Chance this that it had everything. Um, and you could tell, you know, all the, you know, bosses of, of Bayern were uncomfortable because they didn't expect that necessarily. And I think that's that that's better as well in that sense to catch them off guard because you can see their their real the the faces and of shock and and not knowing necessarily what to say. It was just deflection after deflection. So they really need to come up with with some with some answers and and make sure that they do it right because you know. It's not just that the fans have ownership, but as we said before, you know, without fans, these clubs have nothing. You don't have your supporter base. You aren't going to, if it's about money, you're not going to get those ticket sales. You're not going to get that viewership if, if these fans aren't willing to support the club anymore. So you need the fans to be able to run this business that you care so much about this money. Well, you need the fans to be able to do that. So I'm glad that the fans did speak up finally. Well, we saw with the European Super League uh, what fans' reaction did to that in regards to bringing that down and obviously clubs are changing their tone on, on not joining uh, the breakaway European Super League. Jono, do you think um, clubs now need to can really consider who they align their brand with in regards to human right records of, of particular brands or particular nation states uh, cannot be aligned with, with clubs and organisations who, on the face of it, sport especially is something that should represent everyone rather than um, a minority. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a great point there at the end. This is, you know, this is a sport that should be inclusive of all, um, and make sure it's voicing for everybody and doing the correct thing. So when you're knowingly doing business with with particular other organizations, a country, whatever it is that that you know has a terrible record when it comes to human rights and in in their ethical decision making. Um, then, then you should stay, stay far and clear from that. This is just—it's—it's it's not even just about sports organizations. This just goes broadly to any type of business. You know, you really need to pick who you are doing business with and who you're partnering with because that's a direct representation of you as well. So, whoever you decide to do business with is a representation of you as you yourself too. So, when you're doing business with other organizations that have a terrible track record then that's just showing that you're accepting of that and you're looking the other way. And that's that's not good enough. You know, looking the other way is not good enough. Um, so really, they need to start taking some ownership as well and making the correct decisions and looking at all all sides of things, not just the financial side, but looking at what implications this, this has um, for that country and everything like that as well. Well, in this instance, I think the Bayern Munich fans should be applauded uh, for speaking out. But are you a little bit concerned in regards to the reaction of the club president who has said they will not be cutting their ties? And obviously, Bayern Munich uh, do travel to Qatar, use it as a bit of a summer training base. Uh, so there is the relationship there. Um, do you, How much do you think they need to be held to account in regards to what they say? And, and obviously, um, the club showing stronger leadership at the top um, to obviously make these tough decisions and obviously not align themselves with... Um, within this state 
a brand and a state that has a terrible human rights record uh, over the years. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time that, you know, in particular, um, athletes, we always talk about our role models, but it's also these clubs as well are role models for, for generations to come. So they really need to take some ownership of this as well and, and make make the right decision here um, because, you know, it's 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 up to them to do that. Now, I hope as well that with the fans' reaction to this, I really do hope that some players as well might start speaking up against this because, you know what, I, I think that this is the time for them to speak up as well. They know that they have the backing of the fans, which is a lot of times the most important part, and they need to speak up. It's going to take a brave individual to be the first one to do that, don't get me wrong, and I don't know who is going to be the first one, but it would be great to see some of those first-teamers from Bayern one or two of them step up, and I, I assure you that once one or two steps up, I'm sure the rest of them will too, because that I I can assure you that those players probably agree with the fans more so than they agree with the heads of Bayern Munich, so it'd be great to see if now some of the players can actually step up and start speaking up against these issues. I think that is the next step for football. I think players need to start involving themselves with these issues that are bigger than football. Yep. Human rights is, is more important than, than what happens on the field. Yes, as you said, it would take a brave individual because yeah. they are talking up against their employees and this example of their club, um, but also being able to talk up against uh, injustices um, and obviously issues such as the FIFA World Cup taking place in Qatar. As we've mentioned before, we've seen countries with T-shirts, yeah. but I think it's going to take more yeah. than just wearing your T-shirts um, as such. I think it's going to take someone to actually stand up and voice their concerns. I think if players begin to do that, that's when you're going to start possibly getting a swell um, of support and possibly seeing real change. Do you think what we've seen happen in Bayern Munich, do you think that could provide or, or prove to be maybe a catalyst for, for other clubs to think about how they are dealing with sponsors um, and who they're... Um, and who their relationships are with in terms of the business side of, of clubs and organisations? I would definitely hope so because, I mean, you know, it, it should just show that, you know, it. this shows that um, the, the lack of willingness to kind of stop this dealing, this business dealings with Qatar Airways and Qatar as, as a whole um, just shows that it, it's purely about the money. And you know what? There's other ways to make money as well. You can make money and make sure that you make the correct choices along the way. So I really hope that this is a start and an eye-opening experience for the other clubs as well to start learning from this because, you know, it, it, it could have a domino effect as well. And then even speaking of, you know, players' decisions as well, maybe it's not only just the players who are in that club that speak up, but maybe it's the lack of players wanting to then go get transferred to those clubs and stopping deals or things like that. So you really got to think about that. But there's other ways to make money. It's not just who offers you the biggest lump sum. Sometimes it's about who's doing the right thing and who do you really want to partner with because, as I said, it's a direct uh, representation of yourself then. And in this case, it would be a direct representation of Bayern Munich and their views and values as well. Well, as I stated, the fans here need to be applauded for taking a stance and obviously voicing their opinions. Uh, Bayern Munich, they are doing well on the field, but there are a few issues off the field. Yeah. They've obviously also got the COVID issue with a few of their players, uh, headlined by Joshua Kimmich, yep. uh, who has refused to get the jab at the moment. So there are some uh, back and forth between the players and the club. Touching on COVID, Jono, we thought we might be through it, but... Uh, there is a new variant, Omicron, which is first detected in Southern Africa. We'll quickly touch on this. How do you think this could possibly affect sport again? We've obviously seen in Europe, uh, Munich being an example where yeah. crowds are starting to be reduced again. Holland, um, crowds again are starting to be reduced because of 
uh, the possible pickup of this new variant and obviously the pickup of, of coronavirus. But Omicron, um, are we hopeful that they'll get on top of it before it becomes an issue once again? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm hoping that, you know, these last couple of years, what they've been able to learn about the coronavirus, it makes it where um, all these, you know, great scientists and everything like that, all their minds can get together and make sure they figure out the best way possible to to mitigate the risks here. But um, from a footballing perspective and sporting perspective as a whole, I mean, I think I don't necessarily think we're going to see a complete shutdown or anything like that again. I think we'll see the, you know, them adapt in the ways of reducing fans, um, possibly reducing travel as well. It'll be interesting to see if, if it does get to the stage of where it once was. Is there going to be bubbles, things along those lines? But um, I definitely think it's going to start with, unfortunately, the reduction of fans. But I think that the fans understand as well that they'd love to see these games continue. So they're willing to take a step back, not attend the games, for the game to continue to go on. So, But um, I'm hoping that um, these great minds that we have in this world get together and they will be able to mitigate the risk as soon as possible. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, they get on top of, of this new variant. It doesn't spread too widely where we're not going to be able to have fans in stadiums. So, uh, as always, we'll keep watching this space closely. Well, Jono, we'll end, as all we always do, with five quick questions. A little bit of a lighter note. Um, I'm asking you this week. Let's do it. Rock and roll. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. This one's close to your heart. So, despite the possibility of coming <laughs> up against Portugal, uh, will Italy still make Qatar 2022? Look... They're, they should be the favorites going into this game, but I mean, it's 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 now, it's going to, if they do face Portugal, again, it's even an if, you never know. It seems like Italy just wants to break your heart based off of the last World Cup as well. I definitely want to see them, but oh, man, I'm going to be very, very nervous when that game does come around, so I hope that they do. It'd be quite amazing if they missed out, miss out 2018, win the 2020, miss out 2022. Only Italy could do that. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jono, so obviously coming off that Bayern Munich issue as well, should countries seriously consider a boycott of Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics? We've already heard Joe Biden come out from the States. Australia's possibly looking at it. Yeah, I mean, look, I know it's it's a very quick turnaround time, so it's a RAS decision, and I understand from an athlete's perspective, we've talked about this before, you train all your life for these moments, but you know, if any of these recent conversations that we've had just shows, you, you really need to make sure it's a, it's a bigger picture it's not just sport we're talking about it, it involves everybody as well so i would actually really love to see some some countries really step up and take some stands i think it'd be great for for the essentially for the world you know it'd be really good um to see that actually happen and it'd be great it'd set an example as well for the olympic committee for world for fifa for all these big organizations to start really looking at that when they place these tournaments and everything as well yeah it would be a massive stance would if be some big. countries would did, be big. Uh, pull out uh, question number three here, Jono. Uh, so obviously with Pat Cummings becoming the new Australian cricket captain, do you think Steve Smith, the former Australian cricket captain, obviously before Tim Payne, should be handed the Australian vice-captaincy for the Ashes? Obviously we all know what happened to Steve Smith with Sandgate uh, scandal over in South Africa. Should he be handed the vice-captaincy? Yeah, it, that's a hard one because on one end you've done wrong and should you be be able to get back into that stat, in that in that status? Um, but at the second time, you know, sometimes it's about maybe proving proving that you know you're on the on the right path this time. So maybe we can start with some vice captaincy and then kind of go from there. But it's it's definitely a tricky one because you can see it from both sides and from the fans' perspective and and supporters. 
Um, but it's, it's, it wouldn't be an easy decision to, to go either way. Well, he's done all the right things, I guess, um, As from now. that time period. Uh, but obviously, former Test cricketer Ian Chappell uh, was scathing um, mm. of Steve Smith being given the vice-captaincy. So I think it's going to be a bit of a divisive issue. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what decision they come up with. And number four, Will Ralph Rangnick, apparently the German godfather when it comes to uh, coaching. All the top German coaches have worked with him. Will he be able to turn around Manchester United's form? Look, maybe can't get he, much worse. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll be able to win a couple games this season, everything like that. But I think the real thing will be the next stages where you know they're saying that he's going to come on as a consultancy. Well, if he's going to start changing the culture there at United now, then they need to make sure they bring someone on with a similar vision of him as well. Because if you bring on someone else who's different stylistically and everything like that, then you're just starting over once again. So, look. Yeah, you know what? They'll do better than what they are right now because it's pretty bad right now. So he he should he should he should be able to take them at least a couple more spots up. But it's more about that long term vision that they really need to. Now they brought someone in who's a mentor. Um, he doesn't necessarily hasn't necessarily won all the trophies or anything himself, but he has really proven himself as let's say a mentor and really um, been able to change the way that in particular German football has been played. So it's now just making sure that the pieces align moving forward. I think it's a key point you make there. I think they need to give. Full, um, full power to Ralph yeah. Rangnick if they're going to bring him in because he's going to need to uh, really uh, rip it up and, and sort of build that club up again. Yeah. Um, in terms the of the ground, in up. terms <laughs> of everything that's happening behind the scenes. And last one here: Do you think that National Rugby League need to look at their player transfer system after Viliama Kikau was caught wearing a Canterbury Bulldog shirt after agreeing to sign him for the 2023 season? despite still being under contract to the Penrith Panthers for the 2022 season. So he's still going to play for the Penrith Panthers next year, but he will be moving to the Canary Bulldogs 2023. Do you think, and this is an issue that's raised its head before, yeah. but do you think NRL need to seriously look at the way their, their transfer system works? Yeah, so I saw this, and, and yeah, definitely. It, it, it's it's a weird one when that, when these situations occur. And, and look, if it's raising issue, then clearly there's a bit of a problem as well. So definitely a review of, of how things are done. Um, and it's not necessarily the best image as well when it kind of just shows that you've already switched allegiance before you're even done playing. That's not what those those current fans want to see. Um, maybe your future fans get overly excited, but just puts a little bit of bad taste in your mouth for that individual when they kind of do those things. So love to see a little bit of a, of a change there for that. And I mean, the player and their player manager are not doing the wrong thing. They're just playing it by the rules. But as you said, it is a bit of an odd look when, you, yeah. uh, when you've still got, say, 12 months running on a contract yeah. and you're already thinking about the year after. The same is happening with Brandon Smith. Uh, he's looking at the Sydney Roosters at the moment, but he's still under contract with the Melbourne Storm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if the NRL do take that seriously and look at changing that in the future. Well, that brings to the end of another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jana. As always, thank you for your support and good night.